Hi, and welcome to And Then There Were Three. My name is Stacey Feintuck, and I'll be hosting And Then There Were Three, along with my two daughters, Amanda, who's 22, and Lily, who's 20. The podcast will be about the death of my husband, who was their father, 10 years ago, when he was only 48 years old. Howie and I had a great life. We met in Manhattan and got married and then moved to suburban New Jersey. I'm originally from Long Island, and as any Long Islander knows, moving to New Jersey was like moving to a foreign country. We did have some trouble getting pregnant. So after a few in vitro attempts, Amanda was born, and then two years later, we had Lily. Howie was an attorney, and I was a stay-at-home mom slash preschool teacher, and we had amazing friends and family. Life was just really good. Obviously not perfect, but life was good. And then on October 9th, 2011, Howie went out for a run. He came home, said he wasn't feeling well, and went home, went upstairs to lie down. He ended up suffering a heart attack and died almost instantly. Life was never the same. We woke up the next morning and our whole world had changed. Everything just was gone. My husband was gone. The girl's father was gone. And it was very hard to move forward. Um, the first few days, first few, few weeks were awful. Um, the funeral, sitting shiva, and just trying to get up every day and moving and going forward with life was just unbearably hard. Um, I started writing a blog about five years ago. It's called The Widow Wears Pink, where I really told my story. I told the story of the days after, the weeks after, the months after, and my perspective on how it all went. But this podcast is not going to be my story. It's going to be Amanda and Lily's story, mostly. I'm just honored that they asked me to join them. They'll be talking about the after effects of a parent dying at such a young age from those first few days until now, 10 years later, and where life has taken them. And as their mom, I have to say, I'm super duper proud of them. They are two different girls. They were, they're only two years apart, but their ages were different at the time at a point where they reacted to things differently and their stories are different and their perspectives perspectives are different, although both really, really intriguing. So for the moment, I'm going to turn this microphone over to my youngest, Lily, and she's going to kind of talk about how she felt when it all happened and how she saw things after. Um, I remember, I definitely knew what happened and what it meant but I didn't fully understand everything that was going on. I remember we had a shiva and I didn't really understand that the shiva was because our dad had died. I just thought my friends were coming over to play with me and there was candy and food. And I wasn't really that upset at the shiva because I was very, I was 10. I was very easily distracted by things. And I remember we took a week off of school and I thought it was very cool that we were missing school for a week. And then when I went back to school, we're in elementary school. So my math teacher told me that I didn't have to take tests for a while. And I didn't really understand that she had felt bad for me and didn't think that I needed to be taking tests. I thought that she just thought I was so smart that I didn't need to be tested anymore. <laughs> and I thought that was super cool. But I definitely, as I got older started piecing things together and it was weird that I knew what was going on but I didn't fully understand 
exactly what was going on. So you want to talk about now, Manza, how you were feeling those first few days? Yeah, so I was 12, and 12 sucks for anyone, in my opinion, especially a girl. But obviously, this just made it way worse, as it would. I did know what was happening, unlike Lily. And I think I was too young to really grasp that it meant my life would change forever. I kind of just knew that when someone dies, it's sad. And obviously I missed my dad being around just day to day, but I didn't realize how it would really affect my life and the way my mom had to parent us and the way that we had to go on because there was one less person to take care of us and the less person that we were used to having since the day I was born. So that was really something that I came to realize pretty quickly when all my friends' parents were doing all these things for me that no one's ever done for me before ever was going out of their way to pick me up and take me out. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that I was getting all of this attention for something so horrible that happened to me. I didn't want everyone knowing like, this is so sad, like this poor girl. And everyone did know. I remember I had a really hard time in school, even before this happened. And I'm sitting, I went to the guidance office a lot because I just couldn't be in class. And I'm sitting in the guidance office and these two, not two students, two moms, two moms, I don't know what they were doing in the guidance office, parent teacher conference, whatever, two grown adults, are sitting there and I hear one whisper to the other, oh my God, that's that poor girl whose dad died. And I didn't know what to do with myself. So that was really hard for me just to be like the girl whose dad died because at 12, you don't want all these eyes on you. I remember that day. And I remember when um, I had to pick Amanda up early. She, She was in the guidance office because she came home from school a lot early those first few weeks, months. And it was one of those days that I had to go pick her up early. And, you know, she was never happy when I picked her up because obviously she was leaving because she was having a hard time. But that day I picked her up and she got into the car and started hysterically crying. And she told me what happened and I was appalled. And, you know, I became, I mean, I always was, every mother is like this mama bear who wants to protect your kids. But I think I doubled it, you know, after they lost their dad. So I remember I called the guidance office and I was yelling, I wasn't yelling at the guidance counselor because he was very, very nice, but I was yelling about these people who would do such a thing. And all I wanted him was to give me their names and he wouldn't, and, but he did, he felt really bad and he apologized over and over again that it happened, but he would not give me their names. So I, to this day, never knew who that was. But um, what she was saying about everybody knowing, yeah, everybody knew it was at that time, it hadn't happened to anybody else in our little neighborhood, in our own little bubble. Um, no, everybody, if people get divorced or whatever, not everybody was, you know, the happiest family in the world, but this hadn't happened to 
anybody else as far as we knew. And we became like town news. And and I'm not complaining. Everybody meant so well and everybody tried, even like Amanda was saying, she didn't want all the attention. Most of it was positive attention and most of it was people really wanting to help her and help Lily and help me. And they were taking my carpools and taking my kids because I, it was hard for me to do it all. So um, most of it was positive attention, but yeah, it was like living in a fishbowl. And even me walking through the supermarket, uh, everybody would stare at me and everybody would whisper. And it, it was a very, very hard thing to go through for many, many reasons. Um, obviously losing Howie was the top of the list and it was the worst part of it, but there's so much more that comes with it that we don't usually talk about. Um, Lil, did you have anything like that? Um, I actually, I didn't realize why we were getting a lot of the special treatment. I just thought it was kind of cool that we were getting special treatment. I didn't realize that it was because people had felt bad for us. I remember... One of my friend's fathers would drive me home from dance every night. And I was like, oh, that's so nice of him. I don't know why he's doing that, but that's sweet. And I remember a bunch of my friend's dads were taking them on a ski trip and they invited me and they took me. And I didn't realize that they took me because I didn't have an ad to take me. And I was just like, oh, I'm on a ski trip. That's fun. So I think I got a lot of special treatment that I didn't really realize was special treatment. I remember my elementary school because i was still in elementary school my mom was friends with the kindergarten teacher and so they would let me go play with the kindergartners when i got upset and i didn't really realize that that's why i got to play with the kindergartners i would like brag to all of my friends like oh i have all these kindergarten friends and they look (laughs) up to me and i go play with them and i didn't realize that it was because people felt bad for me you know, when I, I was going to therapy at the time, as would be expected, and I remember talking to my therapist about the girls and her saying to me that although they're only two years apart, a 10-year-old is really like a child and a 12-year-old is a preteen and they were going to react and see things very differently. And now all these years later, I am hearing how they really did react and see things very, very differently. I remember when Lily was talking about that ski trip, The they called me first and asked me, the dads, if it would be okay if they would take Lily. And when I asked Lily, because I thought she wouldn't want to go because dealing with Amanda, I know Amanda <laughs> would never have gone on that ski trip. Yeah, I was going to say that. I would have never. Even if it wasn't, not only would it have made me sad that like I was the only one there without a dad, I just think... I would have felt uncomfortable that I was there. Not just sad, because it is. I would be sad. But I think I would just feel so uncomfortable being the only one there without someone with me. Yeah. Like, I would just hate that. I would, like, want to crawl under a bed and just not be there anymore. And that's yeah. why, And I knew Amanda's reaction would be that way. So when they asked me about Lily, that's what I was expecting. But I wanted to give her the option, so I did ask her if she wanted to go. And she got a huge smile on her face and said, yeah, I can't wait. And it just shows how different their personalities are and how their ages were at the time. Yeah, I did. I definitely did not realize that it was a father-daughter ski trip until many years later. I just thought, oh, all my friends are going skiing. That's so fun. 
<laughs> yeah. It, it's really like, this is why we wanted to do this podcast was to really show the reactions of two different girls at two different ages and to try and move forward to help others who might be going through this at now. Um, we can look back 10 years ago and say, oh, this is what happened and this is why we each reacted this way. And that's kind of where we want to go with this podcast to really tell our story or tell their story more than my story. And, um, you know, see, hopefully somebody out there, we can help somebody. So that's really where we want to move forward with this and continue telling their stories. So um, this is our first episode. And you know, I think we've gone through a little bit and gotten to know us a little and see where this is going to take us. But this is our first episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back. And we hope you listen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.